What's going on, people? It's your boy, Kalashi, back with another episode of the Rambling Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? I hope each and every single one of y'all are doing safe. I hope y'all are doing well. I hope y'all are staying safe during these times. Actually, I don't have to say that anymore because a lot of the restrictions have been lifted, at least here in the United States. But I hope y'all are still taking care of yourselves. I hope y'all are having a lovely, lovely day and y'all are staying safe wherever you may be. But I got a special one for y'all today. Today, we have a special guest coming on the podcast. Our guest went from working in the financial world in London to writing about the financial industry. On his website, FinTech Reviews, he reviews various financial products from new products, new business models, and and why they are relevant or why they may not be relevant. So today, I'm going to be talking to Tristan Hello. So please appreciate me or rather help me to appreciate Tristan for coming on the show today and just helping us discuss a little bit more about the fintech world. Tristan, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So we'll just start with this. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about yourself that I didn't say on this uh, on my intro? Tell us a little bit more about your history, how you got into finance, just something that I may not know about. Yeah, sure. So I um, I went to business school, uh, I studied management, but specialized in, in finance. And I've studied economics as well. Uh, so did my business school in France and, and studied economics in, in the Netherlands, in, in Rotterdam as well. And after that, kind of did like all, all my mates in business school. And most of us, we were going to, to finance. So I came to London started doing mergers and acquisitions and then then I got a job um, doing um, internal M&A and, and corporate strategy uh, in financial services so for a big big bank in, in London called Virgin Money and uh, yeah I got I got so interested into in innovation in financial services what what was going on um, how it was how it was changing the industry what new products were coming what how it was you know, changing people's lives um so yeah because i'm uh, i'm quite passionate about it i started writing uh, uh last year and now i'm developing my little uh, call it a little media on, on fintech and uh and yeah i know it's it's really good fun that's cool so have you always been interested in finance have you always been int- i guess you went to college for business was that just something as a child you were always interested in or was it something that as you were growing up, somebody like started talking to you about, and you were just like, "Oh yeah, this is what I want to do." Yeah, um, my my dad always talked to me about about finance and and the market and and stocks and stuff like that. Um, so I I always thought, oh, you know, it's so interesting the financial markets. And for a little, for a while, I thought I would be a trader. When so you know, some people grow up thinking they're gonna be a an astronaut or something. I, I thought, you know, my, my dream thing is that I'm going to be, a, I'm going to be a trader. I'm going to be a Wall Street, um, you know, yeah, like in movies and, and stuff. <laughs> and this was, this was like when, what I saw I would be doing when I was a kid. So then I went into business school, bit changed my mind about what I wanted to do, but yeah. still continued in, in finance. That's cool. That's cool. So when you went into business school and was there anything, well, rather when you started working, 
was there anything that you were like this is not like the movies this is not what exactly i thought this would be like yeah i mean the thing is when you see in movies you see guys they're i mean they're having a good you know a good time but then you don't realize the long hours like the mm. the the effect it has on 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 your on your mind because mm. basically you go into that industry thinking okay i want to make money i want to make serious money and stuff mm-hmm. but over time i think for me what has what switch is like okay i mean i care about money but i i also want to do something i like and yeah and um yeah i think the main thing is yeah you don't realize how how hard it is until yeah. you're there um and then i guess i guess there is also the fact that you learn you learn lots of you know techniques and theories and stuff and then putting them in practice is a bit different uh, yeah. you do much more much more excel modeling than you do actual <laughs> thinking about i'm going to change you know i'm going to yeah uh, be very innovative in my portfolio management technique mm-hmm. and people are like yeah, you know, just 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 do do the do the bloody financial model and it's it's uh, <laughs> Yeah. So what yeah. I guess that's one question that I always have um because uh I'm interested in learning a lot about like just the art of stock picking and the art of portfolio management, portfolio risk. How much is it kind of very direct and and how much space are you given to try and explore new options or is it like well, this is the stuff we've been doing. You cannot go outside of these boxes because we don't know what might happen outside of this box in the industry. Or are you given? Were you ever given room to explore? Um. So I, I think I mean people expect you. In what I was doing when I was doing MNA, people expect you to use uh, proven proven methods, and and you need to follow the process of the company that you're at. Or, what your manager is saying that you should be doing. So, uh, so I guess you you need to follow follow the rules for that. Mm-hmm. But then, when it comes to personal finance, that's where you can you can be a bit more innovative. You can try, you know, basically you come up with a strategy and then you try it. You try it. Um, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And then mm-hmm. you learn along the way. But I think I've been much more let's say innovative for yeah. my personal finance and I've been for my my work because at the end of the day you know especially when you're a young analyst you need to do yeah. what people tell you to do yeah, so you true. can't be like yeah I'm going to I'm going to use this new <laughs> technique to va- to for the valuation of this company and then people are like what the fuck are you doing man so uh, <laughs> so I got so another question I'll just and then we'll go into some other sides but uh were there any I guess I guess for me, it's like big name investors that you saw and you were like, yo, I want to be like this guy when I grow up, or I want to be like this person that we hear about, like the Warren Buffetts of the world or the uh, Monish Probais of the world. Were there anybody like that that like attracted you towards that side of the field as well? Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm not going to be original, but I really like Warren Buffett and the way the way he thinks, uh, you know, like don't invest into something that you're, you don't understand yeah. uh, invest for the you know a long term investor mm-hmm. like a true one where he tries to see the real value in a business and and he holds for for a very long time which made him super successful yeah so definitely definitely i i, I like him uh, much more than others are 
you know, more short-term guys or, um, you know, aggressive hedge fund guys. I yeah. mean, fine. They make lots of money, cool. But I don't, I don't see myself doing that. Whereas I could see myself being like Warren Buffett, you know, a billionaire living in my, in, in the same house, uh, <laughs> same car, same everything. And uh, having my burgers and my, my diet cook. Uh, <laughs> you know, sounds, sounds like a good life, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's like goals. Like I always tell people like for me, it's like everybody wants to be like Elon Musk or anything like that. I'm like Warren Buffett is goals. Like you live a happy, almost quiet life. The only people that really know about Warren Buffett are those who are like deep in the world of finance or deep in the world of investing. But it's like in the same house, same wife, all that stuff is just like that is goals. I don't want to be having to like stress 900 hours in an office or anything like that or on a plant or something like that. It's like Warren Buffett has that's that that's like high life of like, oh, this is this is what we should all like aspire to be like. But yeah. So uh, what was it about writing about fintech that got you so interested after you left the financial industry? You were like, I'm still loving this thing, but. I think I just want to go into the media side of things. Yeah, so I started writing when I was still there, when I was still in London in my job. So basically what, what happened is that I was writing internally about this is what, what's happening, this is why it's important. Yeah. And then I at some point I was like, okay, well, I do. I, I write for a few people internally and then I started writing for you know, a bit the whole company, but I was like, oh, it restricts a bit my my audience. So I was like, okay, yeah. maybe maybe I can share my thoughts, and people are gonna be like, oh yeah, okay, this guy is not full of shit. And then <laughs> so then I started I started writing. So but I was writing here and there um, because I was still working. And then when I left, I thought, you know what, I'm gonna spend more time uh, more time writing than. I started doing interviews of people in the industry to like broaden a bit my my uh, my ideas. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I find it quite interesting. I think the angle I take is that I look at because of my background, I look mostly you know business, finance, economics side of of innovation, how yeah. how it's important. But like taking a more I would say, I mean, technology is important, but I'm not, I'm not a tech guy, so I'm not looking at it like, oh yeah, this thing is is revolutionary. I'm like, <laughs> okay, this is interesting. Is it, you know, is it cutting costs? Is it improving, improving the bottom line? Otherwise, I don't care, right? It's it's an yeah. approach I'm taking. Okay, that's pretty cool. So, what are uh, what are some of the things that you've seen so far in the business fintech space that has really been special or has really stood out to you as we have you as you've been writing about it and you've been seeing a lot more of these technologies come out recently yeah i think i mean especially what i've seen past five six years is obviously you know when i started working in in financial services you had you had like uh, money transfer providers were, were starting to pop up you know mm-hmm. transfer wise and and payments like online payments, Stripe was was starting to be a bit big, and then then suddenly you had all the new banks and mm-hmm. and and all these digital players that started yeah. popping up out of nowhere, and they've gained scale so much over the past. Because I remember, you know, 2015, 16, uh, you were hearing a bit, oh yeah, you know, there's this company, there's this 
this chime, there is like in Europe, there is Revolut and others, yeah. and you're like, okay, well, you know, they have a few hundred thousand customers. Oh, yeah, okay, we'll see where they go with this. And and then you've seen over the years that they've become so big because people were fed up with, with the, the, the digital experience they were having with, mm -hmm. with their banks. So they're like, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to switch to, or oh, maybe not switch, but I'm going to open an, a bank account with that, yep. that provider and let's see. And then basically what happened is that people were using it and telling their friends, oh, you know, you're not using it. Mm -hmm. Oh, what the fuck are you doing, man? It, this is awesome. Like, look, and then show, and this is how they've scaled so much. So it's been quite impressive to follow it from, uh, well, not from the sideline, but just see how it was growing over time. Yeah. And now, and now it's like huge companies. Like some of them are like, you take Stripe, it's like hundred billion companies. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's been quite interesting to see a lot, uh, mostly on the retail side of thing where, mm -hmm. uh, and then obviously all the free trade, like Robin Hood and, and free trade, like the kind of democratizing, um, democratizing investing mm -hmm. and also pushing basically what happened as well a lot is that it pushed, uh, old companies to adapt and, Everybody started doing. Oh, you know what? Yeah. You're gonna do. I'm gonna do free trading as well because others yeah. are doing it. So it's been great from from that perspective. It like it pushed the. You had new entrants, but it pushed the whole industry, industry in a better direction. Yeah, that's like I know. When I was in college, uh, I remember the first time I heard of a fully, fully digital bank was Ally Bank. So like they don't have any physical locations. They don't have any of that stuff. And a friend of mine was just like, hey, have you seen this bank? Have you tried this bank? Just like what you were saying. And I was like, no. And she was like, it's a really good bank. And I was like, at that point, I didn't really know like banking like that. And but it was always frustrating the experiences that I had with. So I originally went to Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo was my main bank. But I always had issues with Wells Fargo all the time. And so when she was telling me about Ally Bank, I was like, I'm already on the Internet all the time. So this is not a huge I don't write checks. I don't really carry cash on me. So this is not a huge switch up for me. So it was, so that gave a lot of room for like, like you said, for the new players to come into that space and just like dominate it to the degree where now, like it feels like almost every other day, there's a new Neo bank or a new company that's just popping up out of nowhere. And it's just like, and they're also playing to the strengths of, I guess the new generation, which is we don't really like to leave our house that much. And we want everything to be easily accessible on our phones, which is something that the banks have not really stepped into that. They were still trying to play to the older crowd. But how do you think, I guess, just to go into more talking about the investment side of things, how do you think like things like Robinhood, as, as you talked about it a little bit already, will continue to affect the industry? Because Robinhood democratized investing, but then there's also the other side where people say that Robinhood made investing more like a gambling platform more than investing. So do you think that's a fair um, a fair thing to say about Robinhood? Or was it just that people are not happy that they don't have all these restrictions in place anymore for the little guy to be able to invest anymore? No, I mean, I think it's great that people are investing, uh, but I think there is a big difference between trading and investing mm -hmm. and i think that the the problem with robin 
its business model is that they want you to trade. They don't want you to. They don't want you to do the the right thing, which is buy or uh, ETF on the S and P 500 mm-hmm. and then keep it for 20 years. So that they don't want because you know how how would they get paid? So the problem is when when the business model is is turned to they need volume rather than you look at an asset manager, what they want is for your money to grow because then they charge you your money based on, on, on the amount that you hold with them. And this is a business model where it's much more aligned to your best interest because if if you invest in something that grows over time, then it's great for them to get paid more. Mm-hmm. But but the problem, yeah, with, with Robinhood, because uh, if you do free trading, then you need to get paid uh, elsewhere, and then they get paid for the flow, and which means that they need they need quite decent volume to do that. But I mean, overall, I think it's great that people invest, and people should invest more actually. Uh, but yeah. like really invest, like you know, I have I have this amount of money, I'm gonna put this amount in in that. Yeah. I'm gonna keep cash because I need cash, but I'm gonna keep like just a reasonable amount mm-hmm. uh, because the inflation is just shopping it yeah so but but people need to invest more so i think this is absolutely you know the right thing to do yeah it just i think you know maybe um that, that's the problem is that robin hood is always gonna uh incentivize you to kind of do lots of trades buy options like buy yeah. complicated stuff that you don't understand, you know. It's so Warren Buffett would tell you, would tell you, don't buy it because you know you don't know how it works, right? Yeah. And I've I've worked in in equity derivatives when I've done an internship when I was uh, when I was in business school, and the products can be very complicated. And and the thing is, it's not really about the it's not really about the value of the company. It's it can there are so many. When you start to be leveraged or you start to have like complicated product, so many things can happen that will uh, will wipe you out. Uh, volatility, like on one day, whereas if you invest for a long term, I mean, who cares if there is volatility? You're not going to be yeah. it's not a problem because you take a longer view. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think like you know what what we see as well is uh, robo advisors. So. That's mm-hmm. that's for me. It's it's great because then you have no excuse if you're not investing because you don't even have to to worry about it. You just yep. say I'll put like you know two hundred bucks a, a, month. a month, and mm-hmm. then and then you decide what happened, and it's automatic, and you don't you don't even need to understand what's happening because it is it is smart. So yeah. so then you know people have no excuses not to invest anymore. It's yeah. cheap and. You don't need to understand. I mean, it's great if you want to understand it, but you don't need to understand it. Yeah. So I guess that's a good question. Now that we're seeing more robo advisors, do you think there will still be space in the industry for actual personal advisors or financial advisors or asset managers moving into the future? Or is that just going to be one of those things where it's like, why do I need to go hire a financial advisor when I can just set this thing up and just let it run for me as I move and grow older? So do you think there's still going to be space for personal and financial advisors? Um, yeah, no, that's that's a good that's a good thing, um, remark is that 
you know, we've seen this happening a lot in, in trading where you used to have a lot of traders, a lot of brokers, and now, you know, with high frequency trading and all that, mm -hmm. most, of, most of the volume is actually automated. And, and yeah, I mean, the, the thing is that the reality is that actively managed funds tend to underperform the market and uh, over the long run. Yeah. Because, well, because the market is not very rational, so you can, mm -hmm. you can try to do your best. It's sometimes it's just, I don't know, a company is going to blow up because there is a scandal or whatever. So it's, um, it's hard to, to choose. So I think there will be less investment managers. There might be a few, like like the same. There, there's still a few traders, um, but the, but there will definitely be less. There will still be personal, uh, you know, personal advisors in the sense helping you taking a broad view. Like you, know, you have this much money, you should put that amount in real estate, that amount in in stocks, that amount. This this makes sense. I mean like really advising you on your personal finance. Um, but stock pickers, like, you know, actively manage funds. I yeah. don't think that they will, because you will always be uh, beaten by, by, a, by a computer because there is a computer. If you, if you, if you build a program in a way that is, you say, you know, you need to be good at that. It will be better than you. That's so facts. that's, that's a reality, right? That's and, definitely true. Uh, I, I think that's why you had lots of traders before because the computers were not up to the up to the game, but now they are, and and it's it's obvious that uh, that that uh, the computer is better. And also, I mean, these days with yeah, not actively managed funds, so you buy uh, yeah an ETF on the S and P five hundred. Thing is, your the risk is much less than if you are if you're trying to pick the right company. Uh, companies um, and and over time, to be honest, uh, the, as a whole, like you're 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 more likely to make money by just uh, by just taking these broad broad views. Yeah, that's definitely true. So so now let's talk about I guess the new technology or the new shiny object in the room, which is cryptocurrency and blockchain. But first, let's just talk about in just how do you think blockchain and the the all of that stuff will affect the financial world moving forward how is that going to play a role is it going to completely change everything that we understand about the financial world or is it just going to be a piece of like a new security module of the financial world or are we just going to see like a complete change in everything that we understand today yeah so i think so the uh, I always separate like so the technology blockchain technology um, saying it has a lot of potential especially in financial services because there are many use cases where uh, parties don't trust each other so using blockchain you could uh, you could really make it more efficient so let's say trade finance or supply chain finance it's kind of stuff or or settlements in, in trading between banks um, to, instead of having clearing houses, so this this definitely. Then crypto, um, I think I mean it's quite interesting. Uh, I think as an asset class, it starts to be you know decent. I mean, however, it's a volatile asset. It's just um, it's a bit like you know it's a bit like gambling. Um, so, I mean, people 
people buy cryptos and it's fine as long as you know it's volatile it can lose 90% of the value it can go up by 200% but it might also go to zero because it is uh, people compare a lot bitcoin to gold and i think it's a fair comparison and and the thing is gold is the same as bitcoin in the sense that there's no there's no value in it, the value it has is that we all agree it has value so it's not like it's not like a building that will have cash flow or 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 a stock you buy it you have dividends or it's it's a company behind bitcoin yeah. well we all agree it's 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 worth thirty thousand dollars fine if tomorrow we all agree it's worth like a thousand dollars and it's worth a thousand dollars and yeah as long as you understand this dynamic and uh, it's fine then all the talks yeah it's going to one million the problem is that there is a lot of uh, there's a lot of bullshit in this industry because people people hold built bitcoin and then they tell you oh it should be worth one million yeah for sure because you bought it at twenty thousand, so you want me to pump the, the price so you're richer yeah. i mean this is so obvious so it's not based on any conviction you hear lots of talks oh yeah you know inflation or whatever so i mean i don't have a yeah i don't have an issue with people uh, with crypto as itself is that mm-hmm. You have lots of products that don't make sense. I mean, yeah. you know, lots of complicated financial products are just here for like some kind of gambling-ish. Yeah. So uh, it's a new way to, you know, play around with money, which is, you know, it's fine. Will it change completely the, the world? I don't think so, because what you see is a lot like with decentralized finance and things that, that are around crypto is that people end up trying to reinvent the same financial model is that they're like okay cool you know now you have your wallet and you own your own coins and people are like oh yeah but this is this is shit what if i lose i lose my password or what and then that's what you don't have to worry when you have a bank account you're not oh okay well lost my password and the bank is like oh sorry man i'm keeping your money so (laughs) and and now now you start to see oh yeah we're going to be a custodian so we're going to keep your 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 mm. your yeah. crypto and you're like yeah but that sounds a lot like a bank, bank. Right? You, just, <laughs> you just change bitcoin for you change dollars for bitcoin and then someone else it's not a bank it's a custodian well okay but what, what's you know what's up with this so uh, i don't know i i see lots of you know, what i call fake innovation which is but it's broader like not only in crypto but in crypto it happens a lot i feel where people tell you this is revolutionary and you're like, no, it's not. And I don't know. Like, I think what's going to be good is more regulation of, yeah. of crypto. Uh, we'll, we'll see the impact. I mean, we'll see at that point if it's meant to survive and stay. If with regulation uh, as tough as the rest and then it stays and fine. But you know, this panic sell because people think, oh, shit, I, I, I need to pay taxes on my on my crypto. Oh, yeah, man. And like, yeah, well, what, what are you saying? Are you saying you saw it was going to be unregulated forever and that <laughs> you buy, you buy, you sell, you make like a fortune. You don't, you don't yeah, pay the IRS. Thing. Like, yeah, sure, man. Yeah, yeah that's definitely is. I was watching a video and they said there's like so there's like 180 currencies and then there were like 10,000 different cryptocurrencies and I was like this something doesn't add up like it just feels like there's a cryptocurrency for a lot of 
different things that people just kind of sit down one day and create something up out of thin air and then people just start putting money into it and i'm just i, I always tell people like just be careful when you go into the crypto space because there's a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff especially with the blockchain technology but then there's a lot of like people trying to bank on the fact that you don't know as much about it and just play on your ignorance to just take your money away from you and that's like such a dangerous thing to be in right now yeah no definitely i think uh, especially you know the the icos and all and all this all this crap um that, that's why the thing is you don't need that many cryptocurrencies you need you need a few and mm -hmm. ideally you just need one or whatever but an efficient one and then yeah. you use it for settlement and, and whatever but yeah, I don't know. Like, there is a lot of activity, a lot of money into it, uh, because yeah, people put money. I think it's it's out of a bit boredom that your bank is giving you one percent, and then yeah, and then you have you're like, oh yeah, you know, I put in crypto, I'm up five hundred percent in two months, and That's it's true. it's a bit like the ultimate get rich quick uh, scam where, and I don't know. It, it's it's easy to fall for it uh but yeah as i said i think you you can invest in crypto if it's as part of a wider strategy so mm -hmm. let's say you have a portfolio and you're like okay i'm gonna allocate 10 percent to crypto that fine you know it's diversification and you're like okay yeah. because you believe that overall makes sense in your strategy if you go all in on, on one like random coin and then you're like yeah because it's changing the internet or whatever yeah i mean you can but you're super like concentrated yeah it goes the wrong way you have no money so yeah. just um yeah i don't know i think but a lot of smart people are investing in cryptos you know a lot of investors mm -hmm. just because they're thinking diversification they're thinking um you know like it's a new, a new asset class and, and why yeah. not? And this, this is fine. I think this, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Retail investors that go all in on, on Bitcoin. I don't think it's a good idea. Uh, and you, we've seen it now, right? Yeah. Oh, Elon said Tesla is accepting Bitcoin. I'm going to buy lots of Bitcoin. <laughs> and then, well, Elon changed his mind. Oh yeah. Jesus. Well, I've lost, I'll, I've lost half my money. Ah, well, you know, <laughs> yeah. And that's, it's such a, it's such an interesting thing. But uh, so just before we do one more fun thing, I just want you to tell us a little bit more about FinTech Review and just tell us a little bit more of what we can expect when we go on fintechreview.net and what are some of the things that you have coming up on there? Yeah, sure. So what you can expect is very opinion, uh, you know, like strong opinions on stuff. So that's that's what I like to, I like to do. I like to take a view and share it with the world so you know this uh, I, I wrote about uh, about credit suisse this week about how they were bad at risk management because uh, there are two big deals that blew up and something is wrong there so yeah. i like i like to do this stuff i like to write uh, i like a good scandal so then it's it helps you uh <laughs> right so i wrote about uh, the hedge fund, Reddit, Wall Street bets, this whole thing was, was awesome to write about. Um, and yeah, I wrote about credit. So I like to write about this stuff, uh, what's happening, taking a view 
they said more from a business finance economic side. So for me, everything is fintech related. Yeah. Um, so Credit Suisse, for instance, my, my angle was that, okay, this seems to be a technology problem at, at, at Credit Suisse because it didn't know their exposure to, to the, to Archegos before it blew up. So there is a problem here and mm-hmm. it's a fintech problem is that they yeah. don't have the right technology in place. So uh, for me, a lot of things are, are fintech. So I take a broad view, business, finance, economics, uh, because it's my, it's my background. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I also interview people in, in, in the industry to get their views on specific topics. Um, because, because they probably know more than me on specific stuff. You yeah. know, I, uh, I interviewed a, a friend of mine who's a, who's a venture capitalist in blockchain, for instance. And he knows a lot about what's happening. The startups are doing cool stuff. So, so yeah, so that's what I do. And I'll continue doing that, uh, because I, I really like, I really like writing about it. Um, I have also a premium newsletter, like every Friday I, I send like, you know, what's, what's been going on during the week. And, yeah. uh, it's, it's also unfiltered. Um, so, so yeah, I think, I mean, because my my view is that it's it's a serious topic like yeah. business finance all that is is very serious so we might as well crack a few jokes and and take a, a, you know a light view sometimes uh, yeah. it doesn't you don't need to be all serious writing about it and, and be boring you can yeah. uh, you can you know make a few jokes a few memes uh, it's it's quite uh, that's what I like to do um, so yeah, I mean, next week I'll be releasing, uh, I'll be publishing an article about, uh, why, why is the UK so good at fintech, uh, and as, as a whole, as a country. So it's a country focus. I have a, a few things in the pipeline, like interviews and, and other articles. What I, what I do usually is I have a list of five, ten, ten topics I, I want to write about. And then, and then I also jump on things that are happening. So Credit Suisse, I jumped on it. I was like, oh, this is, this is gold. This is good. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's, that's what I do. Um, and uh, no, it's quite cool. It's been, it's been great to meet other people, other people in the industry, other influencers <laughs> that to share, share views, uh, get feedback also on, on what I write. Uh, people disagreeing with me. I, I really like it because then I can, can have a discussion about it and I'm like, okay, why do you think that? Um, that's, that's, that's the best for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So, uh, we just have, we like to play this game with our guests, which is this or that. Sometimes it's two bad options and you have to pick one or the other. So you cannot say neither. So anyway, so you ready? Yeah. All right. Let's, let's do it. So the first one, mutual funds or ETFs? Mutual funds. Gold or Bitcoin? Gold. Ethereum or silver? Uh, Ethereum. Bitcoin or Ethereum? Bitcoin. Commodities or cryptocurrency? Commodities. Dogecoin or silver? Silver. Dogecoin or GameStop? Uh, GameStop. 
GameStop or Tesla? GameStop. <laughs> Tesla or Bitcoin? Uh, Bitcoin. Uh, Apple or Microsoft? Microsoft. Facebook or Google? Uh, Google. Amazon or Google? Uh, Google. Apple or Amazon? Amazon. Tesla or Apple? Uh, Apple. S&P 500 or the FTSE? Uh, what am I forgetting? FTSE, is it FTSE 250 maybe? I'm going to be wrong. Yeah, you have 250 or 100. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, S&P. Uh, spring or fall? Spring. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Cool. So, and then just fun question. Uh, what's your favorite team? Sports team? Uh, Olympique de Marseille. So, soccer team of Marseille. Nice. Wow, not a lot of people say that. That's dope. Awesome. Um, and what is one place you want to travel to when we're fully back to normal? Um, I have, so I have two places. I definitely want to, to be a bit back in London, uh, because I haven't been in a long time and I like, I like the city, but I also yeah. want to be back in New York. I was there, uh, I was there in, uh, the fall uh nineteen. I liked it. I want to go back eventually. Yeah. I see the hat in the background. That's cool. So yeah, I just went I went visit my sister a couple of weeks back. The city was she, I was the city was not the same. Like it was very uh quiet to say the least. Um versus yeah. what it usually is. Which I guess I liked it because there was not a whole lot of people, so I was able to get from place to place easier. But yeah, it was different though. Resistant. But Tristan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I know I learned a lot of stuff and it was just a good, enjoyable conversation learning about just the different things that are happening in the industry. So I just want to say thank you again once for just coming on the podcast. And then I'll just say, give you the last word. Is there anything that you want to share with everybody before we close this out? Well, thanks for having me. Um yeah, I mean, the advice I would say that, you know, before investing in anything, just do, do your own, do like deep research yeah. uh, and diversify. <laughs> that's, that's my, my, my number one advice. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, by the way, guys, go check out, check out fintechreviews.net. I'm going to leave a link in the show notes, go check him out and follow him on Twitter, follow all those things. I'm going to leave all his stuff in the, in the link below. But anyway, guys, thank you for coming by. Thank you so much for listening to the rambling mind podcast. I'm going to catch y'all up on the next one. Remember generosity is always greater than greed. God bless each and every single one of y'all. And I'm out. Peace.